On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla Motors unofficial podcast, Tesla wins a battle against a dealership lobby in Virginia, Elon Musk sets a window for when new Tesla owners can expect to see their autopilot functionality coming online, your thoughts on Tesla's recent HoloLens hire, and more. Happy holidays, friends. Welcome to Ride the Lightning. It is the Tesla Motors unofficial podcast, episode number 70 already for December 4th, 2016. It is officially the holiday season. I'm Ryan McCaffrey, flanked, as always, by the one and only Maggie the Boxer. Uh, And it is good to be here for, uh, boy, 2016 is almost over already. It's obviously been a huge, busy year for Tesla. The, of course, announcement, the reveal of the Model 3, uh, the the deliver really proper deliveries of the Model X. It has been uh, the parts of the Solar City merger. It's been a heck of a year so far. And uh, I continue onward, of course. Uh, December, I, I expect December to be a little quieter, uh, at least until, you know, the, the we'll find out about Q4's profitability probably right at the beginning of January. Tesla will issue some sort of release about it. But uh, a few interesting stories for this week. I want to start by saying thank you to all of you who sent me constructive emails and feedback about the audio problems that I ran into with the Casey Spencer interview from last week. Now, I suppose in hindsight, I could have and maybe should have just held on to it for a week and then come on the air and asked you guys for help with it because I learned this week that there are some awesome experts out there who could have really helped me fix up that that, uh, broken audio interview nicely. So now I know for next time, although hopefully there won't be a next time with audio problems like that, since, as I said, I ended up narrowing it down to a microphone problem. So uh, now I know exactly exactly what to look for and make sure everything is uh, working fine. But in any case, uh, just uh, thanks so much to everybody for for your wonderful, supportive, constructive uh, assistance on that. And I hope those of you that did listen to it were able to get through it and enjoy it. I, I did think it was a pretty good conversation. Casey's a really good guy, really smart guy, and has done a lot of just really enthusiastic, positive things in the Tesla community. I, I didn't really hear, I have to be honest, I didn't hear a lot of feedback either way. Nobody's really saying that they really like the interview. Nobody's saying that, oh, that was unlistenable because of the audio problems. So I'm going to interpret that to mean, if, if nobody really says anything, I'm going to interpret that to mean it was, that it was fine, that people enjoyed the interview, they were able to, able to get through it. Nobody with any glowing compliments, which is fine, but also nobody with any complaints, which is a relief as well. Now, as we head into the stretch run, the end of the year here, I just want to take a quick minute. You know, usually I just mention this at the end of the show, but just every now and again, uh, I just want to mention the Patreon uh, it has been obviously a, a great year for the podcast. I launched the Patreon back in June. It's been going great. I really appreciate everybody's support so far. Uh, and Patreon now has a feature where uh, your first pledge is just charged immediately. You don't have to wait for the beginning of the month. So some of you have asked me about just making like a one-time contribution, like a one-time kind of thank you if you don't want to pledge on an ongoing basis. So now you can actually more or less do that by just going in to patreon.com slash Tesla podcast, uh, making the pledge of your choice, 
uh, and then you'll be charged immediately and then you can get get right out after that should you so desire. Of course, I'd love you to stick around uh, and continue supporting the efforts, but you know, every little bit helps. Unfortunately, the as I've <laughs> uh, tried not to whine about too much, but boy, the uh, old Maggie the Boxer's vet bills have been piling up on me, but of course, you know, she's she's worth every penny. The uh, the things we do for the pets we love, and I, I wouldn't, uh, would never, would never shortchange Maggie for an instant, but uh, you know, it is, just as since it is the holiday season, if uh, if you if you you know, and I've seen the the numbers just go up and up. I've been so grateful for the the continued growth of the podcast. If you have been enjoying the podcast, you get a lot out of it. Would love it if you would consider uh, consider a pledge, whether of of whatever amount you are comfortable with. So again, uh, Tesla, or pardon me, Patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com/slash Tesla Podcast. If you just wanted to take a look at the page here. Uh, as we head into the holiday season. All right, with that shameless plug out of the way, uh, like I said, I promise I won't bother with you, bother you with those at the top of the show very often, or hardly ever. Let's get to the Tesla news. First up this week, if you'll remember the last time I did a Tesla versus a state dealership lobby story, uh, you remember that I, I said that I felt like it was going to be a war of sorts fought over the course of many state-by-state battles that I, that of course, as a Tesla super fan, but also as someone who is a consumer and sees, you know, that people like the way that they buy cars through Tesla, the buying direct, I think it is going to be a battle that Tesla does win eventually. It's just going to be, uh, it's going to take time. It is going to be a war of attrition of sorts, uh, you know, a, a legal war, really. Well, this week, a little victory for Tesla in Virginia. This, is, this story comes via Tesla Roddy this week. Virginia Department of Motor Vehicles Commissioner Richard D. Holcomb has ruled in favor of Tesla, granting the Silicon Valley automaker a license to operate both as a manufacturer and a dealer. So Tesla got their second store that they've been try, trying to get in Virginia. So that is happening. Uh, The decision, as Tesla already notes, outlined by Holcomb in a letter to the council reads, quote, after careful review of the entire record, I find that there is no dealer independent of Tesla in the community or trade area of Richmond, Virginia, to own and operate a Tesla franchise in a manner consistent with the public interest. That, to me, is the key phrase there. Thereby granting Tesla the right to open a store in the Richmond suburbs. Tesla's response to this, uh, they did issue a statement in saying in part, quote, we are thankful for the many Tesla owners and Virginians for their support. We intend to swiftly begin construction to open our new store and service center and look forward to joining Richmond's business community. So yeah, there was a lot of Tesla noted and, and other sites noted there was a lot of Tesla ownership support owners, uh, the community. So again, this is, this is a wonderful example of why I love this community so much and being, you know, even a, just a small little part of it that I can try to contribute in a positive way to without being an owner myself at this point in time. Because of things like this, uh, the owners coming together, the community coming together, making their voices heard in a constructive, productive, respectful manner to say, hey, we're on, we're, we're pro Tesla here. We like what they're doing. We want to support the way they do business, and for that to uh, help contribute to this victorious effort in the state of Virginia. So that is wonderful. 
As Teslarati notes, the ruling overturns a previous court decision that blocked the automaker from obtaining a dealership license for its second store within the state. And we know that uh, Tesla currently has one store and one service center in Virginia where Teslas can look, pardon me, where customers can look at vehicles but are prohibited from taking test drives or discussing sales with staff. So uh, there's another fun little layer to this story, and I uh, feel terrible that I wasn't able to bring you the full extent of it. And what I mean by that is that the Washington Post deserves a lot of credit here. They discovered, buried deep on YouTube in an unlisted video, they discovered what was apparently, apparently, by the accounts of people who have seen it, a hilariously awful Virginia Automotive Dealers Association propaganda video made in the style of a wartime movie. That's basically, it's, it's, a, it's a propaganda video to its members against, you know, that's very much directly in opposition to Tesla, directly targeting Tesla. I'm going to do my best here to reenact it of how I feel if, if it's a wartime type movie, type video, type commercial. I have to imagine it would be done in that sort of maybe 50s newsreel style. So maybe it would be something like, for the last 29 years, I have fought as a gladiator to protect the rights of Virginia auto dealers and their franchise system. This system is under attack by the likes of Tesla and many others out there who believe the franchise system is a dinosaur and no longer works. Let's all strap on whatever it takes to win and let's win this fight to protect the franchise system. Probably not doing it justice. It's probably actually a lot worse than that if I had to imagine. But uh, in any case, that, that came to light. And the reason I can't bring it to you, I would love nothing more to have played the audio for you on that. But the Virginia Dealers Association, once the Washington Post discovered it, took it down, so uh, to no one's surprise. Now, one other note on this story. I'm no lawyer, but hopefully this is going to set something of a legal precedent for other states. Michigan, of course, is the big one. As Electrek noted this week, they are the largest, or the most popular, by largest, I mean most populous state to still ban Tesla. Uh, in within their state. And, you know, the implications of Tesla getting into Michigan on an official basis are obvious. We've discussed them before. Uh, you know, it's the home of the big three. It's, it's, uh, it's the heart of everything. So for Tesla to crack that, to be able to crack that market in an officially sanctioned way would be just, a, again, I think that would be where that would cause the domino effect. The, the rest would fall once Michigan does. Now, it hasn't yet, but uh, Electrek noting just this very late breaking this week that Tesla has opened a gallery in Michigan inside a Nordstrom. You know, we, I did this story, what, a few months ago when that first broke that Tesla and their, their new head of uh, sales was uh, they're, they're sort of trying a bold new experiment of, of oh, they opened a, a place in Southern California inside a Nordstrom, just a gallery where you could go look at a Model X in there because that's, you know, hey, they're targeting that, that kind of shopper, that kind of buyer. And so uh, a second one opened and now a third just this week opening up in Troy, Michigan. So uh, I, I'm sure... 
that the Michigan Dealers Association, the I'm sure, and the big three, they're not going to mind at all. I, I can't imagine <laughs> that they have any sort of problem. Uh, you know, that they've only fought against Tesla every step of the way. But uh, so, so Tesla very much sort of pushing the envelope here. They, they, if you remember, they, they have sued the state of Michigan in order to have that law that was uh, backed by the big three and the dealers association. They have, Tesla has sued to get that law overturned and ruled uh, unconstitutional within the state. So obviously we'll be keeping tabs on that story to see where it goes. But for now, a victory in Virginia and Tesla, you know, again, kind of uh, pushing, pushing the envelope in Michigan as much as they can. Next story this week, there's just a few. Firmware 8.1 for you existing Tesla owners. Uh, and this is targeted directly at those of you who are new Tesla owners and you have hardware 2 on your Model S or Model X. And you are, you are no doubt then currently waiting for Autopilot to come back online, the current Level 2 version of Autopilot that the Hardware 1 owners have been enjoying, of course, for the last two years. Elon saying on Twitter that 8.1 will be rolled out in, quote, about three weeks, and it will get rolled out incrementally in monthly releases. Now, as I said, he's referring to Autopilot on Hardware 2 specifically, which, as you'll recall, will actually have fewer capabilities than the Autopilot of Hardware 1 for the short term, while a bunch of telemetry data is collected from those cars that have the new hardware, and they're gonna, Tesla will bring that stuff online as they uh, deem it safe and responsible to do so. So if you are, in fact, a new owner, as Maggie, <laughs> what are you doing down there? She's doing the, she's on her back rolling around. Uh, it always cracks me up when she does that. If you are a new owner, you can hope for a holiday present with this. And by the way, uh, it's a good, good organic point time to point out that if you are one of the now six folks who've kindly ordered a Model S or Model X using Michael from Milbray's referral code, yes, we're up to six referrals. Uh, that means, uh, again, you're, you're uh, looking for that holiday present. And Michael from Milbray, speaking of holiday presents, one more referral is going to get Michael from Milbray that Elon autographed red Powerwall, that Founders Series autographed Powerwall for his home. So uh, we've got still, we're only halfway through the referral period. So that's the really good news. So again, uh, boy, if you are considering, I can't imagine, you know, obviously you're going to buy a car for you and your family based on the needs of you and your family. I would, I in no way think that uh, you'd, you'd buy a car based on getting someone else you don't know, as nice a guy as he is, a power wall, but hopefully, if there is someone out there who is considering buying a, a Model S or Model X this holiday and, and even into mid-January, that's when the referral program runs through, use Michael from Milbay's referral code that I've been giving out, and we'll get him to seven, we'll get him that power wall, and we'll get you $1,000 off of your Model S. So that referral code, I'll just mention it now instead of at the end of the show, type this into your browser, ts.la slash Michael2204. That's ts.la slash Michael2204 for your $1,000 discount 
off of your brand new Tesla, where uh, again, if you order now, you can still get the unlimited supercharging for life that is going away come January 1st. Uh, on a related note, by the way, on this topic, now, of course, as you know, I don't even own a Tesla yet, but just from covering Tesla on a regular basis for the last, well, year and change on this podcast and being, you know, following things very, very closely for years prior to that, even I am used to the idea, without owning the car, I'm used to the idea of software-based improvements to a car over time. I mean, if you think back, I mean, forget about autopilot and how mind-blowing that would have seemed to us just 10 years ago. But even just 10 years ago, if you'd, if you'd think, oh, yeah, you've got a car that uh, in three weeks that's, that's going to get an over-the-air update rolled out that adds significant functionality, that would have blown our minds 10 years ago. And now it's already, thanks to Tesla, feeling like a new expected thing. And I think, you know, that's, that's the, to me, one of the, mar- the hallmarks of truly great technology when you, in fact, take it for granted. I mean, look at our iPhones. You know, it's, I, I think it's pretty fair to give Steve Jobs and Apple uh, a lot of credit for the, the uh, ubiquity of smartphones and they went from just this novelty to something we all completely take for granted. Like, I mean, I, I guess I can't speak for everybody, but, you know, they're a very normal, uh, not at all mind-blowing part of our everyday lives because we're all so used to them. When, again, 10 years ago, it would have been like, what, you can do what? So, and I feel like we're, we're getting to that place with Tesla already. And just think in five more years when... There are millions of Model 3s on the road and hundreds upon hundreds of thousands of Model S's and Model X's that that are improving on a regular basis via over-the-air software updates. It's going to be the same way with cars, too. Like, oh, like it's just going to seem weird to have ever... You know, our, our kids, uh, every all of our kids are going to think we were like cavemen for driving cars that couldn't update and improve themselves via over-the-air software releases. Just my little, my little opinion anyway. I'll, I guess I'll hop off that soapbox. Final news story this week. Again, it was a pretty quiet one here in the week after Thanksgiving. Uh, it's, it's not the greatest news, it's, but it's, you know, you got to cover the good and the bad. Tesla got themselves uh, more or less yelled at by the SEC, the Securities and Exchanges Commission, over their accounting practices, which Tesla has since changed in order to be in compliance. This story comes via Electrek. Uh, the Wall Street Journal obtained correspondence between Tesla and the SEC from mid-September to mid-October that showed that the automaker and the regulatory agency were arguing over the new accounting guidelines. Uh, d- digging a little further into this again from Electrek, the SEC criticized Tesla for failing to make a, quote, substantive case for providing non-GAAP figures to investors. In a letter dated September 23rd, the SEC picked apart Tesla's prior response that its management uses non-GAAP information internally. The regulator pointed out the rules that require, quote, a statement disclosing the reason why you believe that the presentation of a non-GAAP financial measure provides useful information to investors, not how your management uses the information. And and, uh, finally, Electrek notes, the main differences in Tesla's GAAP and non-GAAP accounting was the exclusion of stock-based compensation from the results, which is widespread in the industry, 
and the appropriation of cars sold with the resale value guarantee under a lease accounting standard. Considering Tesla ended its resale value guarantee program earlier this year, it has become much less of a problem, but the SEC referred to Tesla's representation as, quote, tailored. So apparently there are no real consequences to, the, uh, to this whole situation. Uh, the, the SEC considers the matter to be resolved. So, you know, no harm, no foul. But I just thought it was very interesting to bring up. If you do recall, Tesla did, within that sort of same window, stop uh, reporting finances in, uh, in non-GAAP figures. So, uh, again, it's nothing for anybody to complain about now since it's all settled. And I'm just very curious to see, uh, sort of to bring this full circle to now, I'm really curious to see if Tesla can indeed pull off the profitable Q4 with sort of their accounting practices all squared away with the SEC. Can they pull off that profitable Q4 as Elon did suggest that they might just be able to eke out? Of course, we're all rooting for them. It would be just great for the company, great for the employees. Uh, if you have stock, it's great. It'd be, probably be good for the stock price as well for you stockholders. So we will see again. Uh, in, in the past, I am on Tesla's media email list. Tesla has usually sent out their delivery numbers and their sort of initial statement on the previous quarter. They usually send it out right when that quarter ends. So I suspect that either January 2nd, probably probably January 2nd, if I had to guess, given that uh, you know it's New Year's Eve and New Year's Day there over the weekend, uh, I would suspect that probably January 2nd is the day you should maybe circle in pencil on your calendar to find out whether or not Tesla has indeed turned a profit for Q4. All right. That's all I've got for you in the news this week, but still, you know, again, a, an interesting trio of stories to discuss that are very much, that very much run the gamut of, uh, of, or at least they're eclectic. That's that's what I'm looking for. So I'm going to come right back. We've got a number of excellent and diverse sort of topic phone calls to cover in the Ride the Lightning hotline right after this. All right, it is Ride the Lightning Hotline time, the part of the show where you can call in anytime, 24-7, with a question, comment, or discussion topic. The toll-free number that you can call or Skype is 1-888-989-8752. That's 1-888-989-TESLA, T-S-L-A, if it makes it easier to remember. And of course, if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. Visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more. I want to start with uh, Christy from South San Francisco, who we've heard from in the past. She had a comment on Tesla cameos in movies, and a number of you wrote in and or called in about this. So let's talk about that. It's a, fo- a fun follow-up from last week. So Christy, you're on the air. Hey Ryan, Christy from South San Francisco. 
I wanted to call in to react to the listener call and your comment about Tesla making cameos in movies or TV. Um, over holidays, I watched several movies. We went on a, a long trip and had about 24 hours of time on the plane. So I also saw that Brother Grimsby movie, which was pretty funny. It was great to see Tesla as kind of a James Bond car, as you mentioned. And the second movie that we saw with a feature of Tesla that was very clear with uh, showing the badges and had been seen filmed in the back seat. Um, the movie was called MI5, and it was a British spy thriller kind of movie based on a British TV show called Spooks, I believe. Um, anyways, it was a funny movie. didn't get a whole lot of stars, but I thought it was entertaining. Um, and the most entertaining part was actually seen in the Tesla. They added sound effects. So, you know, the beautiful, quiet acceleration that you normally hear in a Tesla it was dubbed to make it sound like a typical motor head, you know, acceleration, rev, rev. And, uh, it was pretty funny. Um, my husband and I played the scene back a couple of times just to hear it again and again. And we're laughing thinking, well, I guess if you have a car chase scene, you've got to have the noise to go with it. But, um, yeah, just wanted to call in and say thanks. Oh, and I love your comment um, on the Cars movie as well. I think it would be awesome to get more kids um, excited about electric vehicles, especially as Model 3 comes out and they become more affordable for families. Thanks for the podcast. Bye. That, that is awesome. That is really funny that they added sound effects to a Tesla in a movie there, MI5. I've heard of it. I, f- I feel like I've seen it. In fact, I think I was looking at it on, it was either probably Netflix or HBO Go, and I almost clicked on it, thinking it was it was Mission Impossible, like what the whatever the because I haven't seen the most recent Mission Impossible with Tom Cruise, and heard that the most recent one was pretty good. But yeah, so I'm, I've heard of that film. That's that's great to see that there's a Tesla in it, and you know I I guess it makes sense in Hollywood, right? In, in a blockbuster, in a feature film, you can't have a quiet car that makes no noise in an action movie. Uh, to be fair, I think Hollywood does this. They add sound to a lot of cars. Uh, again, the the one I can always go back to. I can tell you for a fact from my own experience that they Hollywood did very much add sound effects to the DeLorean and Back to the Future. The Number one, the engine doesn't sound anywhere near <laughs> as good in real life as it does in the movie. And then the other one, uh, the doors. The doors on a real DeLorean don't make a kind of mechanical piston noise, that sort of they don't make that noise in real life when they open up. Now, on that note, again, a number of you wrote in helping me sort of crowdsource the Model S's appearances, the Tesla appearances in films and television, and I heard from a number of you of course, there was, uh, which I, I had known about this one, but it was great. It's great to mention it again. Uh, the Roadster, the Roadster Mule, to be sp- specific, showed up in Iron Man 1. So remember, that was way back. That was in the early Roadster days. Then the Model S uh, shows up in Fifty Shades of Grey, the movie. The ABC sitcom Speechless. The Showtime drama House of Lies. A TV show called Revenge. And then a uh, Danish listener pointed out that there's it, it appears in a Danish film called Father to Four on a Wild Vacation, which I suspect is an English translation. So the Tesla, you know, it's starting to make its way. It's starting to make its way around Hollywood. You know, a lot of I mean, we've seen a lot. Of, if you've ever seen the thread on Tesla Motors Club forums about celebrities with 
with Model S's. There are a lot of Hollywood celebrities that have Teslas, so I, I would suspect that one way or the other, they'll, they're going to find their way into films and television more and more. Uh, another follow-up from last week was about that HoloLens story that I did. Uh, I, I was talking about Tesla hiring Andrew Kim, the HoloLens designer from Microsoft, and I gave you two theories. Well, a number of you wrote in and or called in about a totally makes a ton of sense reason that, that they may have hired him that I completely didn't even think of. So I'm just going to play back-to-back Stephen from Minnesota and uh, Bobby from Salt Lake City as well. So let's just hear those two calls and then we'll just talk about your HoloLens uh, designer, your Andrew Kim at Tesla theory. So let's hear from Stephen and Bobby. Hey, Ryan, this is Stephen from Bemidji, Minnesota. I uh, wanted to leave a comment on the Andrew Kim hire, the AR um, designer from Microsoft HoloLens that came over to Tesla. I think last week's show were good points, but I think you're missing a key thing is the HoloLens would be a great device for in-store designing. Um, it would allow a customer to put on a headset and see what their um, future Tesla uh, rims, color, as far as the car goes, um, things of that nature. So I think it's a really interesting hire that would enhance the customer experience in Tesla stores. And I'm interested to see what you think. I've been a day one listener of the podcast. Really love what you're doing, man. Keep doing it. Uh, Let me know what you think. Thanks. Bye. Hey, Ryan. It's Bobby from Salt Lake City. I wanted to comment on your story about um, Andrew Kim, the former Microsoft HoloLens designer who's now working at Tesla. You had mentioned that you saw two options for what he might be working on. And the first one was the heads-up display, which I think would be really cool. Uh, The second one was glasses um, for drivers, which I agree with you. I don't think that's very likely. But I thought of a third option. Back in August, uh, Tesla's vice president of North American sales said that Tesla was going to drastically redesign its retail concept. And he said, uh, specifically, we're throwing preconceived notions of auto sales out the window and starting from the ground up. And I thought, what if Andrew is working on some type of augmented reality or virtual reality system for potential Tesla buyers who want to experience the car but maybe don't have access to a physical vehicle? What if they do something similar to um, Forza Vista in the Forza games where you can check out in detail the interior of the car, the exterior, uh, something like that I thought would be a very cool implementation of, of Andrew's specific talents. Not sure if it's going to happen, but I uh, thought it might be a, a third option. Anyway, love the podcast. Keep it up, and we'll talk to you later. I should add that Jay in Australia also called in about that, but I thought playing three calls in a row about the exact same topic, uh, saying the same thing, might be a little gratuitous, and I didn't want to didn't want to do that. So, uh, but so I just want to shout shout out to Jay from Australia. I did did acknowledge you uh, your call. So yes, as I said, multiple emails, multiple calls about that story. 
about Andrew Kim. Uh, yes, you're all correct. It, I mean, well, you're all you all make perfect sense. It, it, your theory makes a lot more sense than either of my two. And you know, when, especially when you remember, usually the simplest solution is often the correct one. So, uh, although <laughs> that might not always hold true when Elon Musk is involved, I suppose. But, but yeah, I mean, the old adage, the simplest solution is usually the correct one. I, uh, you guys are probably right about that. I love that hypothesis, and that would make the retail experience extra cool, wouldn't it? I mean, that that would be that would that would make a Tesla store a lot more uh, Apple-like. You know, in that you know, they're just destinations, even if you're uh, not necessarily intending to shop at, at, at an Apple store. A lot of people wander in there just because it's cool and there's interesting things to check out. If, uh, if Andrew Kim and a, and a team at Tesla are using AR or VR to augment a, a Tesla retail shopping experience, that is absolutely going to bring a lot of curious foot traffic into the stores, which is exactly what Tesla wants. Plus, for I mean, more practically, for those of us with reservations, you know, if we go into a store and maybe there's, especially in the early days, because you know, a lot of you like me are are reservation holders who are going to be waiting for our cars, and Tesla's going to be production constrained for a long, long time. At least that first year, that first year is totally sold out. So, you know, if you wander into a Tesla store. They're probably only going to have one Model 3 on uh, on display. So if that you know you want to see it in different colors and different configurations, well, that that AR or VR experience could be a great way for you to do that as you decide how you'd like to configure your car. All right, let's go now to Mitch from Burlington, Ontario. Uh, he has a very relevant question, which. Uh, should in one way or another apply to to everybody. It's probably useful to anybody that's either a Tesla owner or a prospective Tesla owner, like those of us on the Model 3 reservation list. So, Mitch, take it away. Hey, Ryan. It's uh, Mitch from Burlington, Ontario, Canada. Long-time listener since episode one. Love the, love the podcast. Um, I am one year into a four-year lease on an 85D, um, a few months ago, I had the one year or the one month uh, free trial of autopilot. And I'm curious if uh, you or anyone of your listeners might know, I'm interested in purchasing autopilot, but uh, would it stay with the car or would it stay with me? Because uh, my intent is to uh, either purchase or do another uh, lease transaction at the at the conclusion of my four year lease, and I would love for the autopilot to travel with me instead of with the car. So, uh, just wondering if that is something you might know, or uh, like I said, one of your listeners may may know. Thanks. Uh, keep up the good work. Well, Mitch, there is a very simple answer here, a very straightforward answer. I'm afraid it won't be the one you're looking for, but uh, the autopilot will stay with the car as does lifetime supercharging, by the way. It's, it's the lifetime of the car. You do not get to transfer either your autopilot or your upgraded battery or any, any, anything else. Nothing about a Tesla stays with you. It always stays with the car itself. So, uh, I mean, that, that's, that's a very relevant, very good question, especially 
you know, for anybody doing the lease as Mitch did uh, or any of us. So uh, thank you, Mitch, for that phone call. And our last call on this week's Ride the Lightning Hotline is in regards to the whole pedestrian noise situation that, that is now required by law. Car, the electric cars, quiet cars will be required to make some sort of noise at low speeds in order to alert uh, both pedestrians and potentially you know, sight-impaired people as well. So uh, let's hear this last call. Go ahead. Hi, Ryan. Dad from Nottingham in the UK here. Got a comment on the possibility of Teslas needing to emit noises at low speeds. It would be interesting to know what sort of noise you think they might be required to make. However, it might not be too bad. If, for example, Tesla could build a noise cancellation to the interior, then it would cancel out the noise it is required to make anyway. I enjoy listening to the show each week. Hope Maggie's doing well. Cheers. So this is an interesting thought, and I really, I like your problem-solving thought process on this. There's only one reason I would think that, uh, that, that your suggestion might not be Tesla's approach, and that one thing is cost. Everything about the Model 3, remember, has to be cost-effective. This, this is it. I mean, this is the cheap, the, the you know, relatively affordable Tesla it's got to be made in huge volume. This is the future of the company. The, this is it. This is, uh, this is everything Tesla's been building towards. So I just doubt that Tesla would add any sort of internal soundproofing or noise cancellation uh, in response to a government-mandated regulation simply because they're just not going to want to add cost to the car. But... Um, We'll see. We shall see. Hopefully, as I you know, I played the clip from Elon from that investor. Uh, was that the investor? Not the call, but the Q and A. Just the the shareholder meeting from a few years ago. That hopefully Elon is going to figure this out in a way that makes both drivers and pedestrians happy. I want to actually note real quick too. Charlie Payne wrote me an email, uh, sort of pointing out a very another very good. Thought here, a thing to think about, and that's animals that might sleep under the wheels, under the tires of a of an EV of your Tesla. He notes that you know he's found his cats sort of out there just resting in the garage underneath. And I'm I'm obviously I've got Maggie, uh, not cats, but I mean Charlie makes that's a great point that maybe you know hopefully there's going to be a way to alert pets as well. You know, animals that that uh, even you know you're not necessarily ones out in the wild, out and about, but just your own animals at home that the car is going to be moving. So, thank you, Charlie, for that call, uh, your email rather, and thanks to all of you for your excellent phone calls. By the way, uh, going up should be up now as you hear this. The newest edition, the the next episode of the monthly Patreon exclusive bonus episode, where all of your extra excellent Ride the Lightning hotline calls go to be put to good use that can't fit here in the regular show. So the December edition is up now for those of you who pledge at the $10 level or higher. So if you are one of those folks, be sure to go over and download that, listen to that. And if you are not, feel free to jump in at the $10 or level higher if you're uh, curious to get that extra episode of Ride the Lightning each and every month. All right, I'll be right back to wrap things up for you 
right after this short little musical break. Alright, first up I want to mention my friend Dave T's excellent weekly Tesla newsletter delivered to your email inbox every Friday. Subscribe for that for free at teslaweekly.com. Check out the fine folks at teslarati.com, staying on top of the day-to-day Tesla news. Uh, abstractocean.com has reached out, as I've uh, been mentioning the last uh, several weeks. They've got a coupon code for listeners of this podcast. Uh, which is just very cool of them to do, very outstanding. They've got the silicon key fob pockets there, the lanyards, the LED kits, uh, all kinds of... Uh, uh, I know one of, I saw one of their best-selling items is a uh, sort of a screen protector for your 17-inch touchscreen in your S or X, kind of like what you put on your phone. Uh, so all kinds of goodies over there. Abstract Ocean. Dot com and use the coupon code RTL podcast at checkout in order to get 20% off of your order, which is just phenomenal. You can follow me on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. Email me, teslapodcast at gmail.com. You can also uh, email your quote-unquote phone calls if you want to do that as well. That works. A number of you have been doing that lately. And... Uh, of course, the Patreon producers want to welcome a new one this week, and that's Alexi Heft. Welcome to the Patreon Producer Club. These are the very kind folks who pledge at the $20 or higher level each and every month. And the rest of them are uh, Jeff Bartram, Paul Hussey, DJ Harbaugh, Pete White, Wolfgang Obergen, George Cassioppo, ZL Klein, David Brander, Nick Hoffman, Ralph Weiss, Jonathan Wales, John Waltower, Scott Gillis, and Michael Lucas. By the way, I want to say congratulations to Randy in Washington, who uh, had he had called me. He was a mystery caller. He'd called in uh, last week. He had ordered a Model X with Michael from Milbury's referral code, so he's one of the six people. Uh, Randy says he's expecting delivery at the end of December, so happy new year to Randy in Washington. Uh, thank you for using Michael from Milbray's code. Glad you were able to get $1,000 off and enjoy that Model X. Most of you already subscribe to the podcast. If you don't, and you're just sort of doing it as a, on a case-by-episode-by-episode like episode episode basis, it's a lot easier to simply subscribe. That way the show will just come to you automatically as it publishes. You can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, TuneIn, or the RSS feed via the uh, hosting website, which is teslapodcast.libsyn.com. Libsyn is L-I-B-S-Y-N. Thank you all so much for sticking with me for yet another week of Tesla news and discussion. Again, I, I love doing this. I'm so glad that, that this has just continued to grow and become uh, just its own little, great little community that I'm, I'm so proud to again, contribute to in some small positive way. I hope it's a positive way anyway. Again, and thanks for trusting me with your time every week. You're, you know, I, I know as, as a professional working guy who's busier than ever in my career and busier than ever at home with a, with a five-year-old and a, and a wife and a, and a dog to help take care of, 
you know, time is valuable. Ta time is the one thing uh, you can make more money. You can always work hard and try and make more money, and but you can't make more time. So thank you for trusting me with it each and every week with this podcast. I do my best. I take it very seriously to try and get you a good, good Tesla podcast each and every week. So on that note, I will bid you adieu. Happy electric motoring, and I'll see you back here same time next week.